We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We are part of the Blue Wire Network. I am Jason Pett. I'm not here with Ricky O'Donnell today. Ricky, uh, it's a busy week for Ricky. He's got tournament prep going on. A lot of stuff with the NCAA tournament starting up. I guess we it kind of technically started already, but obviously the real excitement starts tomorrow. We're recording here on Wednesday night after the Bulls and Kings. And uh, we are going to talk about the King of uh, the Bulls Kings game, a heartbreaking 117-114 loss. In the final second, crazy game. De'Aaron Fox, who has been clutch, probably the most clutch player in the NBA all season. He's kind of taken the reins from DeMar DeRozan with a ice-cold three-pointer from the top of the key uh, with .7 left. And that came right after DeMar DeRozan hit a four-point play, his second four-point play of the fourth quarter. Uh, just another an ice-cold shot from the top of the key, followed by Harrison Barnes um, with the, which is, again, they looked like the Bulls were dead in the water. The King, the Bulls had led er- earlier in the game by 16 points. Kings reeled them back in. Kings went up by six, and the Bulls kind of came back, and we had went back and forth down the stretch, and then it looked like the Kings were going to cruise a little bit to an easy victory, but the Bulls kept scoring, and the Kings missed some free throws. We got the DeMar play, but then again, De'Aaron Fox ripping the Bulls hard out, just like Tyrese Halliburton did whenever that was, a week or a week and a half ago in that pit, loss to the Pacers. So this drops the Bulls to 31-37. and 37. They, are, they are out of the playing picture right now. I believe they're a half game behind the Washington Wizards, who are 32-37. and 37. So again, the Bulls half game behind the Wizards for 10th, a game and a half behind the Raptors for 9th, and the Raptors, of course, have the tiebreaker. The Bulls, I believe, do have the tiebreaker with the Wizards. The Pacers are also a half game behind the Bulls. So a nice battle of mediocrity at the bottom of the Eastern Conference that the Bulls are a part of. They had come into this game with two straight wins. They, of course, beat the Denver Nuggets last week, who apparently the Bulls broke the Nuggets because the Nuggets apparently just can't win games. Now they have lost four in a row, starting with that Bulls loss. And the Bulls beat the Rockets on Saturday, a game that the Bulls did not play well in for most of it. They were down, I think it was like eight or nine points going into the fourth quarter. Uh, I think down as many uh, as many as 13 at, at some point, but the Bulls dominated the fourth against the Rockets team that is obviously one of the worst teams in the league, fell apart down the stretch, and the Bulls took control. So the Bulls had a chance here to make it three wins in a row against one of the most fun teams in the league, the Sacramento Kings, who are now second in the Western Conference. Light that beam, Sacramento Kings fans. Another clutch win behind De'Aaron Fox. Um, so we'll talk about that a bit. I am joined here today by Mort Jensen, my guy who works basically a million jobs. Uh, in his own <laughs> words, five fucking jobs. It's something like that. He does stuff for the NBA podcast, his podcast. He does stuff for Forbes, Sports Illustrated. He does stuff, covers stuff in the United States. He covers stuff in Denmark. He is just all over the NBA 
blogosphere, podcastosphere, whatever podcastosphere. I can't speak English right now. It's late and I'm delirious. But Mort, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. I can't. Remember, I believe we've had you on before. I know I've been done stuff with you multiple times on pods, but great to talk to you again. And thank you for, especially because over there by you, what time is it right now? Tell our listeners it's late. He's a dedicated it's coming guy. Up on right four here. four a.m. Yeah, more dedicated, dedicated Bulls watcher. Even though most of us, a lot of us Bulls fans, are not. <laughs> Uh, I guess you, more we, we were kind of watching this because it's Bulls Kings, an interesting game here. But yeah. uh, more pinch hitting here for Ricky in a pinch uh, here this week, so I'm really excited that he's joining us today. So more this Bulls Kings game again, exciting game. I'm glad that we actually got a fun game to talk about. Uh, unfortunately, the Bulls lost again, and obviously we've seen the Bulls suffer their fair share of miserable losses, and it's been kind of just a miserable season in general. But uh, the Bulls played really well for much of this game. Again, they went up 16 in the first half. Uh, they were they had a chance here. They were leading at points in the fourth quarter. They made this little late comeback before Fox knocked them out. Um, I guess just your thoughts on this game in general. The Kings, if you want to talk about the Kings, feel free. And then just how, do, how this game kind of just plays into, I feel like, just our general Bulls malaise so i kind of just after this game just your general thoughts on this game to start because it was it was a fun one and it was a good one to watch yeah yeah it, it was fun and that's all you can really ask of of the bulls right now because i do not trust them as a competitive <laughs> basketball team so i just want the entertainment level uh and we certainly got that i i made it a point to watch this game uh, particularly because i i've i watched a ton of the kings this year love to watch them play have the league best uh offense and they're just so explosive and i I just wanted to see them first and foremost. The Bulls were a little bit of an afterthought. Uh, and, and to be honest, I was kind of surprised that the Bulls kept it that close I, and even got up. I thought they would get blown off the floor. Uh, they, they just came out. Is it even legal for a, a Bulls team to shoot 42 three-pointers? Right. I, Shocker. Right. I don't. Where did that come from? <laughs> um, so, no, it, it was definitely a competitive game going down to the wire, which – Honestly, I think that's a win for Bulls fans now. I, I know that it's heartbreaking to lose these games, but considering how they've looked for at least the, the last couple of months, I, I think this is as good a result as any. <laughs> you mentioned, yeah, you mentioned the three-point shooting. I mean, 16 of 42 from three. Yeah. They shot, that's as many threes as the Kings shot. And the Kings, we know, are one of the top three-point shooting teams in the league, and we saw that today. The Kings were 18 of 42. Malik Monk hit five off the bench. Fox hit four of six, including that last one. Kevin Herter, uh, four of seven, just a great shooter. Harrison Barnes had a couple. Keegan Murray had a couple. So they went 18 of 42, and the Bulls almost matched them by going 16 to 42. We saw DeMar take six threes. Again, he had multiple four-point plays. I can't remember the last time I saw DeMar like confidently step into threes and take them like he did today. I don't know what got into yeah. him. He had a, he's been struggling a bit lately, and he had 33 points today. Again, he took six threes. Uh, so, I mean, so that was nice to see. Vooch did go of seven. Pat Bev was one of six. Not great there, but like if you're if you're got these open threes, like you got to take them. It's, we've complained about this all season, yeah. and it's been one of the frustrating parts of this Bulls team this year is that they pass up just so many good looks at three, and, and they just run into the math problem uh, so, so many times. And tonight, that was not the problem. The Bulls actually probably should. You look at these numbers, and the Bulls probably should have won this game. They made 16 threes, and they took 42. They had 13 offensive rebounds. They took almost 20 more shots than the Kings, because the Kings also turned it over uh, 19 or 20 times. They, the Kings yeah. had a very uncharacteristically Kings game. I believe you tweeted this, like, especially in that first half. They only had 48 points in the first half. They were turning the ball over left and right. Questionable so shot selection. Uh, and even coming down in the second half, too, they were just some of the passes they were trying to make were just completely ridiculous. And even though they started heating up shooting wise in that second half, the turnovers were still there. Uh, but then kind of down the stretch, they started to execute a better Fox again, just totally a monster in crunch time. And the Bulls lost this game because they shot under 40% overall. They actually, the Bulls have been t lately, it feels like they've been shooting like 60% from two every game, but then they don't make enough threes or they don't take enough threes. And then they, they shoot like 50% and lose tonight. They shot under 40% from the field, despite shooting 38% from three on high yeah. volume. So kind of a, just a weird game for the Bulls, kind of a weird game for the Kings overall. So, uh, again, it made for a competitive and fun game to watch, but uh, it's kind of a weird night in Chicago. And I mean, probably guess fitting for just a weird Bulls team in general. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm so happy that our our friend, Mark Karen Sulis, who is in Chicago for the first time, <laughs> yes, that he this is. was his first 
in-person Bulls game that came down to the wire and and it was just a Bulls loss. I feel as though that is the Bulls experience at this point. So he got the actual Bulls experience. Uh, no, but but you brought up the Kings, and I think that's a fair point. Like this is a team that on multiple occasions will drop 125 on you like in their sleep, like no effort whatsoever. And it kind of looked like that they were just not themselves in the first half, even in stretches during the second half, you're kind of going, this, this doesn't really look like them. I mean, for them, 117 points, that's below their own scoring average. They did not have a great game by their standards. And it took the bulls playing at least from, from three point range out of, character to match them and and i was very confused i was watching the bulls feed specifically and stacy king was like constantly ripping on like all oh, the threes like <laughs> let's go back to the twos and i'm just like dude <laughs> like have, <laughs> do you even understand what basketball is in 2023 <laughs> i mean it, it's been a problem all year long with the team just just passing up all those open threes even like the corner shots even the above breaks ones that i think they should take it it's it's preposterous really how many <laughs> shots they have sacrificed only to go in and take like a long two or a contested post shot it's like no if you move the ball around enough and you get like an open corner shot take it take right. it. You have nothing to lose like i don't even care if it's dale and terry taking hell sometimes if they're desperate enough i'll even settle for an andre drummond <laughs> corner three if that's what you have hey remember when that was a thing in like preseason this year andre drummond was like yes. whipping threes the three and four three game yeah. yeah that has not uh translated to the, to the regular season but no. <laughs> meant dale and terry did take a three and he made one today he was he one did, of one yes. and kobe won four of six uh, I mean, the yeah. Bulls got back in the game and kind of took a lead there in the fourth by hitting. I think they hit six or seven threes in the fourth quarter after they felt the Kings went up by eight because the Bulls did go through a stretch where they were missing a bunch of threes in the third quarter. But then they got hot again. If you are going to complain, I feel like about the Bulls offense uh, in ter- getting to jump shot heavy, if anything, it's just some of the, the long twos they took down the stretch and they just weren't attacking the rim enough. Like you want to attack the rim to either whatever, get layups, get to the line or create those open threes. But right. there were definitely a few questionable sh- shots there down the stretch for the Bulls. Zach did not have a good game, and Zach has been so good uh, during the stretch since the all break. Yeah. He's been fantastic, so efficient. Tonight did not. He did get 25 points on 22 shots, but he was only 7 of 22 from the field, 2 of 7 from 3. And he took a couple definitely real questionable mid-range shots there in the fourth quarter. That and were even not drives, great. too. I mean, like he, he was just so relentlessly going to the basket in the second half, and he was... I, I want to say he he there were at least a couple of times where he went like one against three where he's just like no just back it out relax I get yeah. the aggressiveness I, I think he's right now I think he's buying into that own rhythm that he has and like he wants to capitalize on it and frankly that's a good idea yeah but you also need to be smart with it there's right. a reason he was seven of twenty two I mean it, it, a lot of those interior shots were just forced where yeah. I honestly probably would have preferred him backing out resetting the offense and even taking a three because why not he's that good of a shooter right um but but I just wrote a piece on him over at Forbes basically saying you know the the way that he's playing right now is actually an asset to the Bulls in terms of the trade market this summer, because, you know, if you're going to flip Zach Levine, this summer is going to be it because he's proven that that contract he got this year, the $215 million, he's worth it. Like teams shouldn't be afraid of taking that on. So we'll see what happens, but the way that he's played in recent weeks has been very uplifting. Yeah, absolutely. So like, let's, yeah, let's, let's talk a little bigger picture here. We talk about Zach's recent weeks, but in the midst of this bull season that it clearly is just not going anywhere. They have games where they look good. Like that Nuggets game, they looked awesome. Uh, and everyone thought then they were going to come out and lose to the Rockets and they, they almost fucking did. They were down for most of the game and they kind of took over late. But, and then here tonight, you lose another clutch heartbreaker, which has just been the story all year. You blow a big lead. You'll lose a clutch heartbreaker. I think they said on the broadcast, this is the, sixth game that they have lost where they had led by 16 or more points in it. So just like we've seen so many times where they just blow these big leads and they, the clutch record has flipped from last year. And that's how you end up 31 and 37, despite a positive point differential. Um, And you end up, you're right now, you're in 11th place. You're barely, you're right behind the wizards. You're ahead of the, barely ahead of the Pacers right in the, again, this like just morass of mediocrity. And that's, and we've obviously been complaining about this team all season long on this pod. Basically everybody, all Bulls fans have just been, it's been a rough season. And 
They, especially with the lack of moves that they made last offseason, the lack of moves that they made besides Patrick Beverly at the trade deadline. And we all t- talk about do they need to blow it up and looking ahead to next offseason. So just kind of where is your head at with this Bulls team and what needs to happen? We, you talk about Zach. Like, are you a guy right. who think who thinks that they should try to keep him? Should they put him on the market in the in the summer? Do they need to pivot off what they got going with like DeMar and Vooch? Uh, the, whatever this quote unquote big three, obviously that's putting it uh, <laughs> kindly. Um, where are you at with this team as they kind of just, again, meander through the rest right. of the season where like, I still am kind of convinced that they're going to get in the play in because the wizards are the wizards and they're a joke and they stink. I mean, the bulls are a joke too right now, but they're still the wizards. And like, I don't feel like confident that they're, they're going to beat out the bulls. Maybe they will, but like, I still feel like the bulls are going to somehow sneak into the play. And, and then, I mean, from there, who the hell knows, like if they play the Raptors or the Hawks, I think the Heat are the seven right now. Like, who knows? Like, all these teams are just like so, so whatever that the Bulls get hot in a couple nights. Like, they could easily get in and they just get bounced out in the first round by whoever right, they play. Right. So it's like, whatever. Again, they're just not going anywhere. So, where is your head at with this team right now? Oh, I'm, I'm completely out, completely <laughs> out. Um, I, and I've even gone to a greater extent than that, Jason, because after the trade deadline, uh, I, I went on the NBA pod with Brian, obviously, and I basically said, you know what? I, I'm done getting hoodwinked by this team. I'm done until ownership changes. I'm just, I'm not, I, I, I was a Bulls fan for so many years. I, yeah. mean, I even returned uh, a couple of years ago when they, when they started getting serious, when they, after the Vooch trade and they signed tomorrow, I was like, okay. And got Lonzo too. see, I always forget about Lonzo because he hasn't played for over a year. Right. Um, like I, I was in like, okay, that, that looks fun and new, new management. And I thought finally ownership would just basically take their paws off ownership and let them do whatever. And it's just become painfully obvious that they haven't. Because when you look at the bigger picture, you know, they didn't get a lot better in the first trade deadline because they didn't do anything. They didn't they signed Andre Drummond, who was who was the, like the big free agent acquisition in the summer, which okay, <laughs> and then did nothing again in the following trade deadline, they just did nothing while the rest of the league's elite just stocked up because that's what you do in today's NBA. You just can't leave it alone. Um, so, so I'm just out. And what I think was the biggest miscalculation from the side of the bulls was at the trade deadline, you enter, everyone entered the trade deadline thinking, Oh, this is going to be a buyer's market. And then it flipped. And then we kind of all realized, Oh no, we, we got it wrong. This is actually a seller's market. So the Bulls at that point in time should have been smart enough, as smart teams do, to pivot. The Magic did it two years ago, and then, of course, abused the Bulls in the process. <laughs> that's a different discussion yep. for a different day. But like smart teams pivot. The Bulls just did not. They were so stubborn. They still wanted to see this through. And, and here's the thing. They are gambling because Vooch can leave outright this summer which yep. he might because why would he want to stick around which meaning you're not going to get anything out of him at least if you traded him at the trade deadline to a contender and you could have easily gotten those salaries to match because he's actually not earning that all that money right uh, you would have at least gotten something in return you also would have been able to capitalize on demar's contract having a year and a half left on the deal instead of just one so basically you could argue to, to teams that yeah you're going to get two playoff series or, or two playoffs with demar instead of just one right that would have been higher value too so i, I just think they've dropped the ball so much over the past year or so that I'm just like, I'm out. I, I think <laughs> this the only thing that realistically could change the future of this team is, is winning Wimbanyana. That's it. Yeah. I mean, and it's and it, it is it's just been tough because obviously with the with the draft pick situation right now, it's top four protected. So like I mean, we've and we've we've talked about it on, on our pod, and I'm sure you've talked about it. Uh I mean, like they probably should try to maximize the odds to get whatever, even if it's not one, but yeah, if you get in the top four to keep your pick, uh, right. because again, if you, whatever, if you make the plane and then somehow get in the playoffs and get bounced in the first round, well, you're losing that pick for sure. I mean, you make the plane, you can, st- and you, but you don't make it. You whatever, you still get in the lottery, but your odds aren't quite as good to keep that pick. And then certainly doesn't seem like they're getting the blazers pick either because they're a joke. Not that that would obviously just be whatever a mid brown pick anyways, but as of right now, the way it's looking, the, it's most likely the Bulls are not going to have a draft pick. Uh, and then so that if they go into the offseason, whatever, with this team, with the possibility of Vooch leaving without DeMar on an expiring mm-hmm. and no draft pick, it's just like, where the hell is this going here? 
Um, so yeah, back to the vet, the, I guess, Zach, when we talk about trading, yeah, Zach, like, yeah, where so, are you with yeah. Zach Levine and his just kind of future, um, with this team and what they, I guess, and just what they should do in terms of like DeMar and Vooch too. Right. So personally, I love Zach Levine. I think Zach Levine is one of the most, this, at yeah, this point, I, I think he's one of the most underappreciated players in the entire league. He, he He's one of those scores who you'll look back at in like 20 years time and go oh right like he was he was that dude he and and plus everything i hear about him just in in terms of like personality and behind this i always hear he's just a good guy and he's like a basketball junkie like he's a guy you want on your team but the thing he's 28 now like if you're going to like try the retooling process that's going to be a, a steep, steep climb because you won't have the draft picks to go out and get anything. You won't be able to get anything for Vooch if he leaves. You you won't get as much for DeRozan right. the year left. So, so like, how do you even do this sort of retooling process and build around him in a year like the Blazers tried to do with Dane, which, as we also saw, failed miserably. Not working. <laughs> right. So, so like, what's the alternative here? And the the one conclusion I just keep coming up with if the Bulls want to better themselves is tear everything down. And that means trading sack for, like, a myriad of young players and draft picks. Like, you know, you can reasonably ask for a Gobert package for Zach Levine. I think that is totally fair to start at that level. And then you point to, to like, the deals that have been made, like Gobert, Deontay Murray, and you say, this is Zach Levine. He's... He's been better than those two guys. He is he's that caliber player. He's also locked up long term. So you shouldn't be afraid of losing him uh within the next year or two. So so he's got a ton of trade value. And given that this team just does not have many methods of getting better in the short term, you just have to pivot and think long term. And that's the Sack Levine's trade. But I, I hate doing it if I'm the Bulls as well, because you know, he's the type of guy you want to have around. So it's it's unfortunate, but I think it's the only only valid plan at this point yeah the, the concern i feel like that i have and that a lot of people have said that they, they do think that it's like well uh like yeah the retool like the retool aspect first of all like that will zach actually want to do that like i know he whatever seems to like whatever if he likes being the man whatever but like is he at as he is what 28 now and he's never really won anything like would he actually want to try another retool process eh. I don't know about that. Uh, obviously, I right. don't know him personally. Like, I don't. Maybe he'd be fine with it and trying to retool. But like, if they did trade Demar and Vooch walks, like, what is his mindset there? I don't know. And then it's just like uh, they and they just don't have that much young talent around him either. And the, the Lonzo situation is just fucked. So like, and yeah. and that just again that just screws a lot too. Because like, if they wanted to try to run it back for for whatever God's reason, but if they whatever if they brought all, most of this team back, and it's like well. We could still bank on Lonzo coming back. They cannot bank on Lonzo coming back because right. it seems like he's going to have another surgery. And like, is he ever going to come back ever? So it's like he can't really rely on that either. So it like I hate like I hate the tanking thing. And like the, obviously, the, like if they were going to tank, it probably should have been for Wembenyana. They're not going to do that here. Maybe they could still get lucky. But I mean, I know next year's draft is not as good. So, but like, do they try like a one year? soft tank or retool i don't know but and then and but if you do trade zach i guess i mean i guess if they traded zach and then tried to do that but then if you, if that happens i mean you could always get stuck just down there again like the bulls did before when they traded jimmy but like the, it does just kind of come back to like what, there's just like no good answer right now especially right, because right. again like the young talent on the team just isn't that great like pat has made strides kobe's made some strides io's kind of whatever but like there's like not I wouldn't call them like cornerstones at this point. Like Pat had a really nice game today. He had 13 points, four steals, a lot of defensive plays. He was plus 13. He was ripping threes with confidence. Kobe had a nice game, 12, six and five, a couple steals. Kobe's still kind of inconsistent, but I mean, both these guys have gotten better, but it's like, uh, they're just kind of like still role player better and like not cornerstone. So it's like, it is just kind of like, what the hell do you do here with this? And like, it does kind of come down to like, do you just trade Zach and, and you move on from all these guys? You kind of just let Pat Patrick Williams just like let him blossom and see like, hey, Pat, here you go. Like you're gonna be like the leader of this te- this young rebuild right now. You do you go into next year and you basically just I mean, you try to maybe get like a veteran point guard in here uh, to try to help run the show, uh, and you just kind of see where it goes from there. And like if they're bad, then they whatever get a high draft pick, and then hopefully they strike gold in a lottery here. Uh, that's otherwise, it's just, it's gonna. It just seems like there's just not that much upside, of course. And again, we've talked about this plenty, but 
like with this core, there's just I just it's just hard to see much upside at all moving forward. And, and you can't like go into this well, like I mean, Demar is probably going to look be wanting like some a new contract, but like you can't go come out here and give Demar like a big a new big money contract. Like that'd be kind of crazy right. at this point, even though he is still a good player and he still has monster games. But like you just don't know how much how good how much longer he'll be like really good. And we've seen him have some rough stretches lately with this injury, so it's like you can't investing in this core is probably a problem. You can't rely on Lonzo. The young talent is not that great. Your draft pick situation kind of stinks. So it's just like, what the <laughs> hell, man? What what do we do? And but you, if you if you do get that package for Zach, like the Godfather offer, like it probably as much as painful as it would be. Like I mean, if a team is putting whatever three, four. Like I think getting the Go Bear package that seems like that was kind of like just like a a fluke occurrence because Minnesota, for whatever reason, was very desperate to get Rudy Gobert. But if you look at the the Dejounte Murray and you look at the Mitchell trades, like you use those at least as like a bare minimum. If you can replenish wherever your draft capital coffers a bit, maybe that's it. But it's tough, man. It's it it is so brutal, and that's why right now this situation is exactly why you're out on the team. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if you're looking around the league, you could make the argument that the Bulls have one of the top three bleakest outlooks <laughs> of any organization. And I'm not even like trying to be negative about it. It's just when you look at the money, when you look at the cap or sorry, the draft situation, when you look at basically the resources available and when you consider that you have an ownership group that just utterly refuses to pay up for like even a winner. Right. So it, it just seems so like the odds are just so stacked against you at this point where it, there isn't a straight cut answer outside of maybe just tearing everything down and then hoping again, that something materializes because let's not, let's not make that mistake. They, they absolutely, this bold franchise really was built on hope. Like they lucked into the greatest player of all time. They lucked into Derrick Rose. Like, I mean, this isn't a, a franchise that just <laughs> worked extremely hard to get to the level where they are. They lucked into things. Um, so again, it would, they would have to rely on hope because it sure as hell isn't going to be hard work. That does the, the difference here. Yeah, it is a bummer. Uh, and, and you talk about the, just the bleak outlook. The Lonzo situation, again, just adds so much yeah. to that. I mean, you have a guy, two-way point guard who wins so much of your team who is literally just a 20 million, like whatever, it's dead weight on your cap because he can't play it because his knee might be screwed. So like that just adds even more to it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Who else would you say would be up there with bleakest? Like, do we say the like the Bulls? And, I feel like the Bulls and Wizards right. being like right there together in the standings. Probably that means like the the Wizards also whatever they have a large yes. European center who's like pretty good but not that good. Bradley Beal and Zach are like I feel like kind of like on the similar level. Uh, I feel like Bradley Beal just like no one thinks about him anymore. And he's having like a pretty good season. I look at his numbers and mm-hmm. like his scoring average is down by like he's shooting over fifty percent and like his three point percentage is up. But I just like never think about Bradley Beal at this point. And, like. There were trade rumors, and he's but he's got like this. He's got the no trade clause, so like that hurts. Uh, if he want, he asks for a trade, and he like demands a specific spot, and then like they might have to pay up big for Kuzma, and like Porz, again, Porzingis, I think is coming up yeah. soon. So it's like, w- were you going to consider them in this group? Or yeah, who else yeah, I, I had them and Portland, uh, and and Kuzma yeah. is one of the big reasons why for Washington because he can also just leave. He's been yeah. fantastic for him in the two years that he's played there. Um, 
so so that's obviously a major concern if he he walks because then you're left with Beal and the Pasinka's core, which oh my god, that is just ugly. <laughs> and their young I mean, guys they, aren't that good either. They got right. I mean, they traded Rui already. They have like Corey Kispert. They're I yeah. mean their first round pick, their lottery pick this year. Johnny Davis, I, I don't know, if he's barely played and pretty. He's been in the G League, I think, all year, which is yeah. So brutal. that's that's an interesting situation. So basically, they <laughs> they thought he had a lot of confidence issues, which that may be true, but I don't think you help a player improve his confidence if you only play him like 90 minutes in a season so <laughs> uh they seem very uh not good at realizing at how to deal with young players and confidence <laughs> issues so that's also part of the reason i'm not high on them yeah. and then portland of course because right. you're just like dame got that two-year 100 million dollar extension so cap wise they are just screwed um and and he's basically dictating terms right now saying look i want to win and i'm asking for these players yada 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 and that's cool. I actually understand that because Dame is the kind of player who should warrant that level. And of... he's been incredible this season. <laughs> yes. Best season of his career, like hands down. Yeah. And and the thing here is, like, you can't go halfway with him if you're the Blazers. You have right. to go all in to, to, to a certain extent. The, the Blazers right now are almost nudging him to basically say, please, just ask for a trade. God damn <laughs> yeah. it. Just ask for that trade so, so we can get the biggest package ever for you and we can restart this rebuild because i think that is the way forward um and honestly it, there's something fun about like thinking about the blazers in connection to the bulls because and i i have voiced this before the fact that they gave up that pick that is lottery protected up until 2028 means that they can't ship out any additional draft yep. picks yep. unless they acquire specific ones in the process and they just really aren't interested in acquiring first round draft picks. They would rather spend them to build something around Dame. So if the Bulls were smart, which is a big <laughs> if, they should squeeze the hell out of that. They should really go to the Blazers and say, look, we understand that you're in a very precarious situation here with Dame because he wants to win now. He's he's not getting younger. He's 32. He's going to be 33 year this year. He, and he's playing the best caliber of basketball he's ever played. You want these draft picks at your expo disposal so you can send them out in trades. You need them. So lift your protect. Let's let's go into a negotiation. Yep. Let's uh, let's get let's lessen that that protection level so we can get it now. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I was. I know you were talking about that during the deadline. I, like, I wish it, that would have happened because. The Blazers do. Oh yeah, they traded whatever. They traded Josh Hart and they got Cam Reddish yeah. and like Cam Reddish is whatever. Yeah, it would have been nice if they could that something that could have been done there, but uh, instead it did not. I guess we'll see if something happens. Whatever this off season. But, yeah, I'm looking. I mean, the, the it is the Blazers are 31 and 38. The Bulls are 31 and 37. The Wizards are 32 and 37. Just all just like like with talent, but like just like not nearly enough. And like their situation, not much young talent, and just like it just. Doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. I could, it is surprising how bad the Blazers are. I guess they've had some injuries. But like with how good Dame has been, the fact that they're thirty-one and thirty-eight is that is really bad. Like their defense still stinks, uh, and it's just, just not going anywhere. But Dame's Dame's right. not going to run from the grind, man. He's he's fine, kind of just whatever. Being a Portland icon, and I mean more power to him. Uh, whatever. Like if you're. If, at some point, I'm sure he like whatever. He'll see what happens here this offseason. And if they're bad again next year, I'm sure he probably will actually maybe ask out. I guess maybe we've been waiting for it for a couple of years. But again, if he doesn't want to do it, whatever. We'll see. Can I ask you a question about the Blazers, though? Because I I, I voiced this on Twitter as well, and I got hammered by Blazers fans. Go but like, for it. Again, under the circumstances that I mentioned before, that Dame is dictating terms. And Dame is like trying to get a team assembled right now that's trying to win. Yeah. Um. Like, there's no point in them keeping, like, Shaden Sharp around, who's, like, 19 years old. Right. Like, 19, 20. He's not going to help them win right now. He's going to be fantastic. So, I proposed on Twitter, like, what about a framework that sends DeRozan to Portland and Shaden Sharp back? Would, that would be in connection to also shipping out SAC and, like, just retooling everything. Yeah. Um, and Blazers fans were like, no, no, that's not <laughs> enough value. Where I was like, it may not be. But if you have a superstar who wants to get dramatically better right now, that might be the best you could do. Yeah, possibly. I guess I, I remember I think us talking about that in one of our in like our group chat that we have and just in general. And like, I guess my thing was just like, 
I just I the problem with the Blazers just continues to be their defense is terrible. It's not like DeMar's yeah, fixing true. that. So they have to like figure out how to not be one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA uh to actually maybe not be terrible. And like they whatever they traded for Jeremy Grant and like Jeremy Grant's pretty good. And uh obviously they split up Dame and CJ, but I mean it's not like Anthony Sines is really helping your defense that much. But and they had I mean they had Josh Hart. Uh now, now they have whatever they have Reddish and Matisse Thibel. Um, but they're still whatever they're still losing games. I know Dame's missed some time, and like Nurkic, who knows what's going on there. So it's right, like, yeah, right. it's just like what the, another situation where it's just like, what the hell do we do to actually get out of this? And there probably is just like no good answer for them. And Dame wants them to be aggressive. He had that interview the other day where he's got really, I want them to be aggressive this offseason, like blah blah blah. It's like, how are you going to be aggressive if you can't trade any draft picks for anybody? And yeah, uh, there <laughs> and so, there it is, there yeah. it is, just that interview alone. That should have Bulls brass on the phone with the Blazers, right? And basically saying, Same. "Well, we can make that happen for you." Yeah, really should. Um, before we wrap up here, real quick, I, I was just watching Patrick Williams' interview here uh, yeah. on the Bulls post game. Where how how are you feeling about Patrick Williams? I mentioned that he has gotten better. He had a pretty nice game tonight. Pretty active. He's definitely improved defensively. His offense, I feel like, is starting to come around a little. Still, obviously, a lot of room for improvement in his game in terms of just the full offensive package. Still doesn't rebound that well, but where's your head on it, Pat? Because we talk about the Bulls just not having that much young talent. Pat still feels like the guy who, out of any of the young guys on this team, is going to have like I said, I'm I'm very I've been skeptical about whatever the how high of a ceiling he has, but I mean he's got mm. whatever he's six seven six eight. He looks like he could be really really good. We see it sometimes, but obviously it's been a slow process. So where are you with Pat right now? As we kind of he ends what this is his third season, but it's almost like more like his second season because he barely played last season. So where right. are you with Pat moving forward? I like Pat. I like Pat. I I think it was such a tough situation for him as well because the Bulls obviously pivot into a win now situation yeah. where right. like how are you expecting a 20 a 20 year old at that point in time to help you win right now? I think that was unfair to him. That's why at the time I lobbied for him to actually get traded ironically yeah, for Harrison, Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes. Yeah, I remember um, us talking about that. <laughs> Yeah, because I thought that would just make a lot of sense. I still think that would have made a lot of sense. Now, though, because the polls are where they are, yeah, I I, I would just be in no rush to trade him. The, the funny thing is, though, Pat is already at a point after this season, he's eligible for a contract. Correct. Extension. Yeah. <laughs> so he's going to be up for a new deal very soon, if not after his fourth year. But you know what? If the Bulls are basically rebuilding at that point, having a large contract on their books, like just one is fine. It's not going to prevent them from doing anything i think he's a guy who you need to stick around because he he plays the one of the most vital positions in the nba he's like a wing big who can defend and shoot at a high level and i think given more offensive responsibility he will be able to maybe not turn himself into a 20 point scorer but a more efficient, higher volume guy. The one thing I keep making a note of, and this is going back to like his rookie season, is whenever he puts the ball on the deck and goes for spot ups. Oh, sorry, he pull ups, of course. Yeah. Forgive me, it's 4 a.m. Uh, pull ups. <laughs> he gains so much separation on defenders that it's insane. Like, I don't know what it is that he does with his shoulders or if it's just the the ability to stop on a dime and go straight up with the jumper. But this has been a pattern for three years that he can get that mid-range pull-up whenever the hell he wants to. And I do not fathom why the Bulls simply do not integrate more of those situations for him because it is consistently a wide-open mid-range shot he gets himself when he creates off the dribbles. So there's an avenue there to exploring it, but when you have Sack and DeMar and Vooch and even Kobe who just take so many shots, it's like there are a lot of chefs in the kitchen, and I think you kind of need to filter that out a little bit. If Vooch leaves this summer, just him alone, you should funnel like at least half of his shots towards pad. Yeah, absolutely. And now we've talked about on our pod plenty that we would just like to see more pad, especially now, like with the team not going anywhere, I'd love to see more pad. We know, no, it's not realistic when you still have all these guys here. It's going to just naturally going to be 
a lot of Zach Demar and Vooch. But I mean, Pat took what was like twelve or thirteen shots tonight. Like that's great yeah. off the bench, and he's again he's been playing pretty well off the bench lately. So moving him off the be- moving him to the bench is kind of seems like worked, and he's kind of he's had some really nice games with the bench unit. Uh, I mean, that was something we kind of talked about all year at the start of the year. We're like Javante looks great in preseason. Like maybe he should he's a nice fit with the starters because he just doesn't need the ball much. He's an energy guy, and like just let Pat cook with the second unit. And now we're kind of starting to see it, uh, and hopefully they continue do that and then yeah moving forward if they do whatever retool whatever the hell they do we need I just, we want to see more uh I f- in terms of like the contract extension i feel like i'd be really surprised if they agree to anything because like it does feel like he could be in a situation where like, the bet on yourself sees fourth season yeah. like we saw with jimmy butler like i'm not expecting that type of leap to jimmy butler like all-star level in his fourth season but something maybe similar to that a poor man's version of that jimmy leap in a fourth season mm-hmm. especially if they do move on from these other guys and like pat just a lot of that usage does just kind of go to him like maybe he does have just like a really big season like that so i yeah, i would be surprised if he gets the contract extension the kobe thing will be interesting as well i know we've talked about kobe and there's uh, if especially if they are retooling and going younger like you might as well just if you get kobe on a good deal keep him just to have him to and if anything, trade the Bulls have just like no good contracts to trade because they have like yeah. no mid level deals at this point. Uh, so just like even having a younger, like okay player, and Kobe's like fine now. He's not there were times where he used to be unplayable, like for the most part, he's at least playable because even when he's not shooting well, he has yeah. improved his defense enough, he's improved his handle enough, and it's like a total floor game where it's just not like a totally useless bum if he's not making threes. And he still has these games where whatever he goes 0 for 5, 0 for 6 from 3, still very streaky, but he can at least still do enough and other stuff where he's were you like keeping him around i'd be fine with it as long as it's not like a huge number i know the cap will be going up soon so the bulls young players i, I wanted totally to extend him them. go ahead I, I i really wanted to extend him before the season oh yes yeah. i thought that would be better because the, the thing is if if you had extended him you would enter this uh off season with him as a tradable asset yeah like because then his new deal would have basically activated on july 1st and then you could have flipped him yeah. um, if you wanted to. Then he would have been like a mid-tier deal that you could have used in a bigger package. So I think that was, again, one of those situations where this management group or this ownership just failed to realize, oh, we have a potential advantage in our hands here that we can create a, a movable contract that's of a certain size. Even if you, and I put this in quotation marks, like you overpay him and pay him like $15 million a year, you could absolutely flip him because of his age and people like around the league would say, oh, okay, we buy, you know, a, a guy who's that age and that like a $15 million deal is not going to be worth a whole lot when 2025 rolls around and new money comes in and like, it's fine. So again, if the, if the money is like, makes sense, sure. I, I, I don't see a problem hanging on to him. Like you said, he's been more well-rounded. I think Pat is the one you need to keep around because he just smells to me like there's an OG and an OB kind of player in there. Ceiling clearly and, just higher. Even like at this point, Kobe yeah. has gotten better, but I feel like I just don't know if there's that much more in terms of like possible star player potential there. Where with Pat, even though I am skeptical about it, you can see it at least the outline of it. Yeah, and you mentioned like a guy like OG. I mean, similar, it's kind of similar heights build. Just long, long, athletic, whatever wing guys. And the slow like burn development too. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And like, imagine, imagine if he basically becomes the new OG a year after the Bulls trade sack for a like a haul, right? And then you yeah. kind of realize, oh, oh, we can actually trade Pat for a similar haul because, <laughs> like, you know, you, you, we're we're seeing how much like the Raptors wanted for OG. For Teams example. are offering whatever three was it three first rounders, four first rounders. Like my, three, I mean, Michael Bridges, four first rounders. Yeah, yeah like. three unprotected and one protected. I think it was. Yeah, something crazy like that. So like, <laughs> if you can have those back to back deals where you like flip Levine and Pat just in two in consecutive years for major deals, like you're right back into the swing of of rebuilding. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, again, we the Bulls have what are they? Thirty-one and thirty-seven. Fourteen games left. We'll see what happens with the rest of the stupid season. Again, they'll probably just do what's the most annoying. And uh, I don't even know what the, would be the most annoying. The most annoying thing would be whatever getting in the play and like making the playoffs, getting absolutely punked, and then. <laughs> Running and then resigning boots to the same yeah, deal, right. and it's the same roster you return yeah, next. Exactly, year. that'd be the most annoying thing. I'm I'm not sure if that's going to happen, but I'm still kind of convinced they make the play in. 
I am a, I am kind of with you. I'm not to, I'm not totally out. I'm like I, whatever. I follow the team. Definitely don't follow them as religiously as when we were having fun again at the start of last season. It has been just kind of tough. Right. Um, and we'll see, man. It's 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 been rough. It's been a rough season, but we'll see what they, where they go. Um, we can wrap it up here. Uh, I will say NCAA tournament again starts tomorrow. I college basketball for me, like in the draft, I usually rely on Ricky for those takes. So like. Uh, I have like no good college basketball like draft takes, which doesn't really matter because the Bulls probably won't have a draft pick. So it's like totally whatever. Yeah. But I always enjoy <laughs> watching the tournament anyways. My Illinois fighting line, I have been talk about I mean, just a miserable viewing experience for me this this basketball season. As annoying as like the Bulls have been, the Illinois fighting line, I probably right there. Some maybe perhaps even worse in terms of just super annoying team to watch because the beginning of the year they beat like UCLA, they beat Texas and both those teams uh, I think are two seeds right now, like the huge wins for them. Uh, they had stretches where they look like one of the best teams in the country. And then they stumbled to a, whatever that they're like 20 and 12 and they're a nine seed and they're, they'll probably lose tomorrow, but still they're my team. They're my, they're my school. So like, I got, I got to watch them and root for them that they, they don't really have any good draft guys. Like maybe Coleman Hawkins, uh, maybe some of their younger guys, but you don't believe in Saren Shannon. I guess they, yeah, I guess they do have Terrence Shannon. I mean, and he's like, he's he kind of plays right into just like the annoying, like he can be awesome to watch. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he's like an NBA guy. I know Ricky's was kind of hyping up recently, but like, he can be so explosive, really fun to watch sometimes, but he also just has these stretches where he's just super quiet. So like, so he's uh, basically IO from the same college. <laughs> yeah. So like, hopefully, I don't know. I obviously I'm rooting for him. Hopefully they do well. If they win their first game against Arkansas, they get to play Kansas and that'd be a really fun second round matchup mm. against Bill self. But otherwise, again, uh, like I said, I don't really have much draft knowledge. I know about Wemby. Like, I mean, the top draft guys, Wemby, uh, France, Scoot is whatever G League Ignite. Yep. The Thompson Twins are uh, overtime elite. So like the top, t- we got Brandon Miller, who uh, obviously has some of his own issues with the whole <laughs> shooting in Alabama. But like Brandon Miller is the top top press prospect in uh, this tournament. Yeah. Or do you have any other guys that you want? You're keeping an eye on in terms of draft stuff in this tournament. I, I'm, or- I'm a little bit behind on the draft. So yeah, usually same. I, I, yeah, I start my, my draft coverage like uh, at the turn of the calendar year. Uh, but, but like you said, at the top of the show, I, I I'm working five fucking jobs now. So <laughs> yeah. it's, it's been a little bit tough also cramming in college. Also, I, I just kind of been specialized on, on Wimpy a lot this year yep. watching, watching him. And I, I thought it, it was also difficult to just find proper footage. I think of like both the G league ignite teams Yep. Um, and overtime elite, like a lot of these guys are just not in the college ranks anymore. Like right. you have to go down a few levels, which is it's the it's going to be the new norm, and it's going to be a process to trying to figure out okay, how do we best evaluate guys? Because before then, I would just buy like an ESPN pass and watch college games, and that's not <laughs> as easy nowadays. Um, but but no, I I I'm also looking at Brandon Miller. I've looked issue off court issues aside or whatever. Uh, he has really blossomed. Uh, I, I thought starting the year, he looked a little bit timid. I thought he looked unathletic. I thought his shot selection was off and he just seems like he's turned a corner. A six, nine playmaker, almost like he makes some really good solid reads and in, in terms of like passing and, and playmaking, uh, he, I could definitely see him sneak up draft boards a ton. I think it was Sam, the senior, if he had athletic here earlier today, we even suggest like he's in competition for second overall next to Scoot, which is yep. like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Um, I, I probably didn't have him that high personally, but I could see it. Like if you're a six nine guy who can do stuff off the bounce and you can shoot the heck out of the ball, yeah, that's gonna warrant some some attention. Yeah, and I just did not realize right now, looking at ESPN's mock draft, that apparently my Illinois Fighting Illini playing Arkansas, that Arkansas has two like blue chip NBA draft prospects. We have Nick Smith yep. uh, Jr. Looks like it is. He is number two. Like we have a, their latest mock draft was basically just drafting guys who are playing in the tournament. Brandon Miller, number one. Nick Smith Jr., number two at Arkansas. He's a freshman. Um, looks like he missed a lot of time with knee injuries, but I believe he's playing now, it looks like. And then we also have at number five down here, we got number three, we have Jer. Jerace Walker, Jerassi Walker, and from Houston. Houston's obviously one of the title favorites yeah. this season. Uh, Keontae George from Baylor, another really good team. And then we have Anthony Black, Arkansas freshman, uh, number five here on this list. So 
for my line. I'll be watching two possible, whatever, top 10 draft picks here from Arkansas. So that'll yeah. at least add a little intrigue here for NBA draft pers- purposes. And maybe if the Bulls, whatever, if the Bulls somehow keep their pick and they get in the top four, uh, obviously we would love Wemby. Obviously, whatever, there's Brandon Miller and there's Scoop. But, uh, some other discussion about who else gets in the top four, top five there. Uh, maybe some one of these guys is a potential option. So we will see. If, if we end, go, should we end on this podcast on a high note, on a on a note let's of Let's do it. Okay. So let's say they get Wembanyana, right? Let's yeah. say the Bulls pull off the miracle and they get Wembanyana. Everything suddenly changes. Like everything, like every bleak thing that we've discussed over the past 45 minutes or whatever goes away. Because it means a completely fresh start. And it also means adjusting to a, the life with Wimpanyana. So basically saying everyone on the roster outside of perhaps Patrick Williams are now fair game to be moved off of. Yeah. The roster should basically change almost 100% like within the next two years. Because everything would be tailored around Wemby. And the fan excitement would come back. Like it would be one of the most exciting times to be a Bulls fan. And I would even include the Derrick Rose years because he's that good of a prospect. So at, at that the scenario right now, it still holds, still holds. Rig the lottery. Make yeah. it happen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the league is better when the Bulls at the market are good. So yeah, why not? <laughs> oh God. Well, let's wrap it up here. That's enough. We went longer than I was planning. I said more joining us here. Uh, like 4 a.m. over over in Europe, uh, and we went longer than I was hoping. That it always happens that way. I start rambling about the stupid Bulls team, and we end up going like 15 or 20 minutes longer. It happens with Ricky. It happens with every guest we have. It just happens. Let's wrap it up right now. More. Thank you so much for joining me again, especially so last minute. Please let our listeners know where they can find you with all your fucking jobs, with your Twitter account, <laughs> with all that good stuff. <laughs> yes. Well, and thank you for the invitation. I greatly appreciate it. Always fun to, to, to chat. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at MSJNBA. Uh, I have a, a podcast called The NBA Podcast. I know, very creative. <laughs> I write for Forbes and Sports Illustrated. Uh, and that's it for my, my, my jobs that you guys who are listening in right now would actually be able to understand because the rest are in Danish. So unless you you have a a secret talent, uh, I I probably just stick with those. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much again, Mort. It was a pleasure. We'll we'll love having you on. We'll have you on again sometime in the future. Maybe by then, uh, maybe the Bulls will have won the lottery and they'll get Wemby. Uh, That's going to do it for us here on this episode of Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. As always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network. Tons of great pods all across the network as we come down the stretch here of the NBA playoffs. We're also in NBA NFL free agency right in the swing of that. We got the NCAA tournament uh, coming up here. A lot of fun. This is such a fun time of the sports here. So much going on. Uh, Always nice and keeps me busy with work. Uh, It's just fun to watch all this stuff. So great time of the year here uh, at the Blue Wire Network and just in the sports world. For us here at Cash, please rate and review us. Give us those five-star ratings. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, all those fun places. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Bulls underscore J. I'll also, of course, give Ricky his shout-out. He's at SBN underscore Ricky. And Ricky will be covering so much of the of the tournament and with draft stuff as well. Please go check out all of Ricky's coverage over at SBNation.com. So that's going to do it for us here on this episode of Cash Considerations, HI Bulls Podcast. Happy and stay tournament March Madness, everybody. Take it easy. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance.
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.